I have this uh, student, her name is Denira, and she lives in LA, single mom, three kids, really small house, not enough rooms for everybody. Like she is definitely doing it her herself. She was working two jobs and she um, was baking and people would come to her house, they'd pick up a birthday cake or a celebration cake or whatever. And that's how one way she was making money. Long story short, cut to creating a digital course and she became really good at caramel candy apples. So how to create caramel candy apples. And the thing is, the caramel was store-bought. It wasn't like her special recipe. Just people didn't know what store to go to or what to buy. And so she started to create these and um, sell a digital course. Now, a lot of my students, many of them have made seven figures and beyond. But I want to talk about her because she's a woman who made um, never made over $100,000 a year. And now in one digital course launch, she made $260,000 selling how to create uh, caramel candy apples. And she literally was just doing live videos in a private Facebook group. And I always tell that story because a lot of people listening have never created anything in their life online. And they would never even, they're like, my idea can't be good enough or it's not original enough or whatever. And then I think of Daenerys, a single mom living in LA, making $260,000 on the first time she launched anything. Now she's making way more money than that. But that's the kind of stuff that I live for because it has to start somewhere. So Amy, what's going on? So Amy uh, Porterfield, you, uh, you're part of the uh, HubSpot Podcast Network. You're a yeah. new-ish addition, right? When did you join? Right. Uh, yeah, just about two months. Um, and so what would you say you do? I mean, you do a, a, I've read your blog for years and years and years, but we had John Lee Dumas on the other day, and I was like, I actually don't know how to describe him. And he's like, is he, do I just call him a podcaster? Is he, he, he He's a blogger? I, I'm not actually sure what, <laughs> how I would, like, because you kind of do a bunch of stuff. How would you describe You sound what? like my mom and dad who have no clue what I do 13 years in. So I totally get it. I always say that I am an internet marketing expert and I help entrepreneurs still build businesses online. And my expertise is to take your knowledge and know-how and turn that into a profitable digital course. So digital courses are my area of expertise online. Okay, amazing. And what kind of digital courses? Do you have your own course about courses? I do, which is so meta, I know. So basically, here's the thing. Uh, 13 years ago, I worked in corporate. I worked for Tony Robbins and I was the director of content development, got to travel the world and work on content that Tony did on stage at like Unleash the Power Within and Date with Destiny and all those cool events. And I was in a meeting and I was called, so humbling, I was called into this meeting to take notes. And I walk into this meeting in this big San Diego corporate office and I walk in and it's a bunch of internet marketers. Now in my world, these are like the grandfather of internet marketers, although that sounds very rude to, to call them grandfathers, but they're like the Mac daddies. Like so you. it's like Frank Kern, Brendan Bouchard, Evan Pagan, Jeff Walker, like big name internet marketers that are still doing really big things, but they were the leaders in the industry. I had no idea who these guys were, and here I am at a side table taking notes, and Tony's going around asking them about their businesses, and what do they do, and how are they making money online? And all I heard was freedom. Like these guys were running their own businesses, creating digital courses about tons of different topics, and I wanted a piece of that. So that was like my first entry into this world I knew nothing about. 
And about six months later or so, I had left my corporate job and started creating my own digital courses. So yeah, I've got digital courses teaching people how to grow email lists, how to create digital courses, but ultimately my, my, my uh, mission is to help people leave their nine to five jobs, start their own online businesses, and I believe digital courses is a way to do that. So Can that's I, their vehicle. Sean, you have something to say? Because I, I, I was gonna say, some, I was gonna say, forget courses. Let's talk about Tony Robbins. I was gonna go? say that exact same thing. I was gonna, I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna ask you about a couple of the people you mentioned, including Tony. And I was like, how much does his empire bring in? Do you think? Is, does this guy just knock it out the park or what? I mean, it's seriously. What I always say about Tony is, how if have you guys ever been to one of his events before? Have you ever seen him on stage? So I've been to two. Maybe, actually, I've been to th- yeah, I've been to two Unleash the Power Within's. Uh, okay, cool. And I'm I'm so, a Kool Aid drinker. I love Tony Robbins. And absolutely. I, I, yeah. So I'm a I'm a fan, but I'm also super curious because I don't know the guy or know much about him. So I'm still a fan after all these years and how he is on stage, like that huge personality, all the energy, super intense, like how he is on stage is exactly how he is behind stage as well. I often joke that I might've lost a few years off my life because that was the most intense job I ever had, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I literally got to learn from the master. Give me an intensity story. Tony Robbins intensity. What about what you got? So the thing is, when before Tony spill goes on the beans. stage, wait, what? <laughs> you got to spill the beans. You got to tell, well, tell us the stories. Th- here's why it's intense. Before he goes on stage, he literally preps for uh, Unleash the Power Within like it's the first time he ever stepped on stage. I've never seen anyone prep for anything and be prepared more in my entire life. And so we have to write these like stage signs of everything that like he's going to talk about and the stories he's going to touch on. And they're all um, handwritten. I don't know why we would handwrite these things every time, but they're handwritten and he goes over all of them. And then he gets on this rebounder and he's jumping on the rebounder behind stage, getting all the energy in his body. The music's what's a, super loud. What's a re- Bounder. Is that so like a trampoline? Like a trampoline, like a trampoline. Like yeah. Yeah. And it kind of gets the energy going in your body. And he's reading your stage sign and making sure he's got everything going. And then he just throws the stage sign and he runs on stage and he does his thing. But the intense part is when he gets off, he looks at who's ever in his proximity and he's like, all right, let's download. He downloads every single time he comes off stage, what worked, what didn't, what we can make better, what he liked, what he didn't like. He wants feedback from everyone. And it's like, you are on the entire time. I still, I'm nervous talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, you you sound like it. So he's been doing this for like 40 years. That's crazy to me because I went to the two things and he does the same exact thing, right? He does pretty much the same script. So I I would assume he's like you know knows it by the back of his you know like the like the back of his hand or whatever by now, um, so it's not it's probably not the material that he's like trying to remember. It's like he's just getting himself into that state. What about exactly. what about besides the performances? Because I think performing is definitely like a high intensity thing. What about just like work, like the office, or were you not around for that part? Uh, meaning Tony in the office? Yeah, just like on a normal day, yeah. non performance. So on a normal day, non-performance, Tony's not in the office. He was, when I was there, he was at his house. He did all the stuff from his own house, but he's always on. So I think one thing I took, what I learned from Tony and I brought into my own business is that one, always be prepared, over-prepare, care deeply about what you're creating. He cares deeply about his content. So that's why he's always getting it in his body, even though we've done it a hundred times. 
And when he's not in the office, he's still always, always learning, always um, meeting with people, learning new things. Like that meeting that we had, he just wanted to know how they were selling their digital courses online because he was going to start doing that in a bigger way. So he's always pulling from different places. It was an incredible experience. What about, uh, so Sean, I've told you about this guy before. His name's Eben Pagan. And we talked, uh, We are, Sean and I, Amy, are good friends with um, Craig Clemens. And he was a copywriter. And when we had John Lee Dumas on the other day, I was like, John, tell me about some of these marketers. They're so fascinating to me. And you just named a bunch of them. And I'm going to ask you, I want to ask you about them. But Evan Pagan's the most interesting. So basically for the listeners, Evan Pagan, I knew him as David D'Angelo. When I was 14 yeah. years old, I was a nerd. I wanted to learn how to meet girls. He had an ebook called Double Your Dating. And what he would do, if I remember correctly, and Amy, you could correct me, I think he would if I, he would send these really long emails. Like, it felt like 10,000 word text-based emails about how to meet women. And at the end, you could buy like a $14 book. And I think Craig told us that he was selling like $30 million a year of this book on called Double Your Dating. Have you heard wow. about this? Yo, absolutely have heard about it. And I know he's a legend in in that area. And when he came to the table, I, I think he had moved on from um, that part of his business, but that's how he was put on the map. And the one thing that I learned from Evan really early on is he teaches this strategy that you've got to coin your own content. Like you've got to name it, you've got to put a, a title to it, you've got to own it. So one of the things that I've always done when I've created content in my own business is like, I've got the Porterfield process for outlining your digital course mm. and the sweet spot for finding what co topic to create for your, your course. I name everything and own it and it sets you up as an expert. And that absolutely came from Evan. That's like, uh, so me and Sam both teach courses on Maven and uh, uh, Wes who runs the, the, the course platform for Maven. She, she has one that she calls, she's like, you need your spiky point of view. It's like, what, what's your spiky point of view? And she's like, it's, I it's it. your point of view that stands out that not everybody would agree with. It's like, it'll poke some people the wrong way uh, because it's different than you know everything that they've heard before. And so, you know, that was like the core of when she's like, if you're going to teach a course, you got to have a spiky point of view. Otherwise, like your course doesn't really have a, a sort of angle totally. to it or a hook to it um, that, you, that other people are going to attach with. Yeah, I love that. Hey, quick break to talk about our sponsor today. We're talking about HubSpot and their new AI powered service hub. Okay, so what is Service Hub? Basically, every customer today wants to be talked to in a personalized way. And before, that required tons of human agents. But now, with AI, you could do that in a personalized way with fewer humans involved. And so you don't have to scale up your team in order to deliver personalized chat and service. So check out HubSpot's new Service Hub to use their AI tools to give better support to your customers. That's what they want and that's what they deserve. So visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn how this all new solution can help you deliver customer service with AI to your customers. Do you, um, the other day, Sean and I were talking about this guy named Sam Ovens because he, he had this YouTube video called consult, uh, he has a business called consulting.com and he revealed all of his numbers and he was like, we got to 30 million in revenue and then we uh, decided to just be really profitable and we do 10 million in sales with 5 million in profit with like a team of four people. And we were just fascinated because that's just like a, that's a great, great business to, to own that. Um, what are some other people who, who you've worked with or that you know of that are like shockingly that, that you would tell people and you're like, I can, you would not believe what this person does. You would not believe how much revenue they make or that they sell a course, uh, in this space. Are there any shocking ones like that? 
So one of the ones that always has shocked me, I have this uh, student, her name is Denira, and she lives in LA, single mom, three kids, really small house, not enough rooms for everybody. Like she is definitely doing it her, herself. She was working two jobs and she um, was baking and people would come to her house, they'd pick up a birthday cake or a celebration cake or whatever. And that's how one way she was making money. Long story short, cut to creating a digital course and she became really good at caramel candy apples. So how to create caramel candy apples. And the thing is, the caramel was store-bought. It wasn't like her special recipe. Just people didn't know what store to go to or what to buy. And so she started to create these and um, sell a digital course. Now, a lot of my students, many of them have made seven figures and beyond, but I wanna talk about her because she's a woman who made um, never made over $100,000 a year. And now in one digital course launch, she made $260,000 selling how to create uh, caramel candy apples. And she literally was just doing live videos in a private Facebook group. And I always tell that story because a lot of people listening have never created anything in their life online. And they would never even, they're like, my idea can't be good enough or it's not original enough or whatever. And then I think of Daenerys, single mom living in LA, making $260,000 on the first time she launched anything. Now she's making way more money than that. But that's the kind of stuff that I live for because it has to start somewhere. What's her course name? How do I Google her? Um, let's see, if you d um, Google Daenerys Caramel Candy Apples, you will absolutely find so her. I spell so Daenerys. D-A-N-I-R-A. We call her the Caramel Candy Apple Queen. She's got tons of press written up about her. Like she's a, she's a big deal. So how did she get her customers? So who bought this course? How did she go sell? How much is the course? Uh, I can't remember, a couple hundred dollars. Okay. And the way she got her customers, this is what's cool. She made a lot of videos. She did a lot of social media where she'd show in her tiny little kitchen with not a fancy camera or lighting, like what she was doing. And the thing is, so if you own a bakery, a caramel candy apple is like 10 bucks or more uh, to sell, which is really good profit for a bakery. And these bakers wanted to find more ways to make more money. So she, uh, she appealed mm. to the uh, small business owners who had bakeries or sweets to sell, but she also appealed to a lot of hobbyists. A lot of people are like, I just wanna do that, that's cool. So she had a, a mesh of two different audiences. But her, wow. she, she basically just made free content and then Tons of sold free content, the course. Lots of videos. Yep. Wow. Definitely. And then the way I teach people how to sell courses is with webinars. So she, she started to do webinars and webinars were a way, a new vehicle to sell more. So she's gone on to do even more launches. You would do a webinar for a three or $200 thing? Absolutely. So back in the day, my very first successful course was called FB Influence. I did it with Lewis Howes and together we created this course and launched it. It was $97 and I probably did 200 webinars to sell a $97 course. And it was a huge success because we had tons of affiliates, but I would do a webinar even for a $97 course. Amongst these internet marketers, who, what's the largest course, I don't know, a course info product. What's the largest business you've ever heard of? Oh, geez. The largest business I've ever heard of. Um, I don't know. Who I feel like people. Most? Yeah. Who crushes it the most? That's a, that's a, that's a different way to ask. Well, me. my girl, Marie Forleo, do you guys know Marie Forleo? She has a program called B-School. 
She's been crushing it for 10 years. Here's what's unique about her course. She's had the same course. Obviously she makes it a little bit better every year, makes the marketing better, but it's literally the same course that she has sold for I think 13 years now. Once a year she sells this course, $2,000 now it's 2,500. Um, but she's in the ga- been in the game for 13 years with the same course. That to me is badass because- yes, she's probably made like $3 million a year in profit for like 10 years. Would you, you think it, that's crazy? Yes. I do. She's very quiet about her dollars, so I don't know exactly, but seeing the numbers, the affiliates, I've been an affiliate for a really long time. Absolutely, she's crushing it. And the thing is, and what I learned from Tony Robbins is you do not always want to reinvent the wheel. Find something that works, double down on it, and stop starting from scratch all the time. And that's literally what Marie has mastered. So she's someone that I've always followed from the get-go. Is there anyone else? Um, I'm trying to think. It's just that here's the thing. Sometimes I don't think people are totally forthcoming with their numbers. I've been in the internet marketing space for a long time. And sometimes I trust, you know, what I hear and sometimes I don't. And sometimes people throw out numbers and I'm like, yeah, but what's the profit margin on that? So I always am a little bit uh, unsure so about t- what about the numbers the, really uh, are. the affiliate strategy. So uh, what, because I think most people, if they're like, oh, I'm going to create my own first, my first course, they wouldn't think that, oh, I should be using affiliate strategy. So Explain what that works and how big of a tool that is for for you and your like marketing mix. Do, do you use that oh. even? Do you even use that, Sean? Do you use no. affiliates? I don't use affiliates. No. So I have made millions in my own business being an affiliate for other people, but I've also had affiliates sell my own courses. And to me, I think it's one of the most powerful ways to build a business. At least supplement your income if you have courses and memberships of your own. So um, for. I think number one, I think 50-50 is what people should be offering. I've seen a trend recently that it's gone down to like 30%, maybe 40%, 40-60. I'm old school, so I really do believe the 50-50 model is the way to go. And I think that if you find a course that either you've taken or you know your students will get massive value from it, but you don't offer something like that, I think absolutely adding an affiliate offer to the mix can supplement your revenue. Like I have different streams of revenue. One of my second biggest streams of revenue is being an affiliate for other people. Who's your biggest affiliate? Um, so I, the most, the money I, the most money I've made as an affiliate is through Marie Forleo's B School. That's why I'm really close to it. And then um, Jenna Kutcher and Gabby Bernstein are huge, and Stu McLaren, all three are huge affiliates for my program, Digital Course Academy. They do really, really, really well. I think we need to do that, Sean, huh? It makes a huge difference. It's like a whole other stream of revenue. How many people work at your company? So we've got 20 full-time employees and then some contractors on the side. Uh, Everyone's virtual. We do a four-day work week, and so we work Monday through Thursday. And um, uh, it feels like a big team. Like, I feel like that's a lot of people, Uh, but I know it's just such a small business still. Yeah, I think that's a lot. Why do you need, why do you need so many people? So we do, so I have three digital courses, one membership, and then we do a lot of affiliate marketing. And so everybody is just stays in their lane. And like, I've got one person that's 100% focused on my podcast. So that's all she does. Podcast producer, Kylie, you might talk to her, your team talk to her. And so we have a lot of people in specialized roles. Are you running the company and being the front person? Or do you have someone helping run the company while you're focused on content? 
Great question. So for seven years, I've had a sidekick helping me run the company. She's a CMO and uh, recently transitioned out as a contractor. So I'm running it more than I normally Yeesh. do. But when she's running marketing, I don't have my hands in all of that. That's a lot of work. God damn. <laughs> right now, it feels like a lot of work, but it won't. It doesn't always feel that way. And what's the name of your podcast? So people who are listening can go check it out. My podcast is online marketing made easy. How big are you guys? We've been we've been we're getting in um, a pissing contest contest with John Lee Dumas. Uh, I'm a little like I'm jealous a little bit with uh, Jenna. Uh, uh, Jenna Kutcher's totally magic. Like she's got an amazing podcast. How many downloads total do you guys have? Um, I think in December on the podcast platform uh, we had one point three or one. 1.3 maybe million on the podcast platform and then like another 400 on youtube 400,000 on youtube just for the month for yeah. The yeah okay well that's huge we had a million in january that was our recent was a million in january so wow. um we've had o- just about- on just on podcast players or like uh yes yes Dude, that's huge that's huge so we feel good about it. We've had 35 million downloads. Um, I used wow. to not download twice a week. Changing to twice a week has changed things for us, for sure. I do a 15-minute one on Tuesday and a longer one on Thursday, and that changed the game for us. So, oh, so I'm glad we did that. What was so it your episode once. What's that? It was once a week before that, or once a week before uh, December, I think it was that we made the change. So then you have way more downloads per up. So we get between fifty to a hundred thousand, probably average. Si- we 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 have three episodes a week sometimes. So we're doing holy way- cow, that's awesome. I think we even we have four sometimes. But, but so our uh, so our episodes, I'd like the the episode, the downloads per episode is the more important metric, I think. Um, that, that's the real it's, metric. It's not the one you yeah. you uh, brag about, but it's the only if you if you actually want to grow, that's the one you care about. <laughs> and it sounds like totally yours is really big. That's how you're also moving up in the charts. I mean, I know that there's like uh, you can't know everything about that algorithm, but one thing I've studied enough and I'm competitive enough to know that uh, I'm not moving up in the charts unless my week of downloads are strong. And so you guys are doing better than I am because you're always above me in the charts. I pay attention to those things. So do and we. anyone who says they don't, I think they're lying. Oh, we, I, we totally do. I take a lot of pride in chartable yeah. numbers. But it sounds like you, you get more downloads per episode than us, for sure. Maybe my back catalog. We do, we do a lot of um, promoting to our own community about our podcast. Like We embed it in a lot of things. So um, we did something really cool in January where we had a quiz. And basically you take a quiz to figure out where you are in your entrepreneurial journey. And then we gave you 10 episodes that are going to help oh, you along that yeah. journey. And that blew up. Oh, so that you're smart. Okay, gotcha. You're smart and yeah. you do smart things and then you get good results. I understand now. This is the secret. <laughs> Good yeah, stuff. we uh, the the and we'll wrap up a second. The, the best promotion we did recently was we just announced that we're going to give five thousand dollars to some person who takes our clips and turns them into TikTok videos and gets popular on TikTok. And we got I think thirty million impressions on TikTok in uh, like twenty guys, days. That is incredible. That yeah. is super smart. That was the only smart thing we've ever done. Whose idea was that one? Neither Not, of ours. Uh, Ben's. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I literally called it a dumbass idea and on air. Oh, wait, is it Ben? Yeah, that's Ben. Ben just popped this up. Is, is it This ben's is my idea? chance to come back into the episode. Yes, it was my idea. <laughs> Shout out to MFM so Cuts, cool. who is uh, killing it. And, and there's many others. I follow them all now on TikTok. My TikTok feed is now just clips of myself and Sam, uh, you know, over and over again. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to check that out. Wait, how do I find it? Like, so I just go, looked Yeah. On- so here's what we did. But we screwed up. Or I screwed <laughs> up. So it's... Uh, what was the hashtag, Ben? 
MFM was, shorts. MFM shorts. All right. So if you go on TikTok and you search MFM clips yeah. that, with an S, you'll find it. But you'll also find, because I read the, what, when we were announcing it, I accidentally, one time I said clips with an S, and then I said clip without an S. So you, oh, if, you, if you search both of those words, oh, you'll, okay. you'll, fi- you'll find okay. different ones. And also, okay, if you just Google MFM clip, you're going to get porn because it stands for male, female, male. And so you'll get a whole different no. set of oh, clips if you go to Google. Right. So, that, you know, well, it's there's something for everybody over here. We're a very inclusive show. When- when I was just starting out, my name, I think it was my maiden name, now that I think about it, it was a porn star. When what I was your just name? starting out, uh, Ballard. So I think it was uh, someone named Amy Ballard was a porn star when I, uh, like 13 years ago or something. And I was like mortified every time I searched my name. There she was. Does, does oh, that sound yeah. familiar, Ben? <laughs> does that ring a bell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no comment, Ben. Say no comment. I see. Yeah. That's crazy. The. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. That definitely sucks. Yeah, it's not an issue anymore. I'm a, I've got a new last name. I used to follow this guy on Twitter named Jeff Epstein. Um, and so it could be worse. No, I tweeted at that guy. I was like, ah, oh, brutal name. And then he got so mad at me. I was like, you can't be, I can't be the first person to point this out to you. <laughs> like, don't be mad at me. I didn't do it to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, thanks for coming on, Amy. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, thanks guys so much. It's nice to talk to you. And I know you guys are coming on to my podcast. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you too. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Bye guys. Bye.